You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hey guys, we're getting comfy. We're getting close. We're more than friends here. Hey guys, we're going to talk about what it means to build the church as the first uh, live pod with the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention brought to you by Tiberius Juan himself. Yes, God sent his son. That was the biggest thing ever, salvation. And then God said, but wait a minute, they don't, they need more than salvation. They need entertainment. <laughs> and he gave us this gift, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Thanks for hosting this event, DJ, and the whole church podcast. Yeah. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> now use that mic. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, hey, guys, uh, for those who don't know, this is uh, originally it was just the whole church podcast event, and then we grew it, and then we minimized it, and then we changed the location, and then we – this has changed more than any event has ever changed, I think. Ever. Yeah. If if social nomiculture and social like like events and changes could possibly make you believe in evolution, we're all Darwinists now. That's how much this has changed. <laughs> this has really evolved <laughs> and devolved. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. This is the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention. TJ has conveniently wrote our names above our heads for you. I'm Joshua Knoll. This is TJ. We are brought by other hosts and members of the Anazal Ministries Podcast Network. If you've heard us talk about the network recently, you've heard us talk about these guys. Some really, really cool friends and brothers of ours. Um, yeah, so before we get into any of the other stuff, let's introduce ourselves. Um, Brandon, welcome to the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention. Uh, tell them about yourself and my seminary life. Sure thing. Well, for starters, that had to be the most heresy-filled intro I've ever heard <laughs> for TJ. Wow. Right. These these intros just keep getting more spectacular. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, I'm Brandon Knight. I am the host of the podcast, My Seminary Life. Uh, flew all the way out here from Chicago land to Woo-hoo. be here today. Thank you. You have a very lovely little town, village. What am I supposed to call this? University town. University town. This is a... a Quaint little university town here, uh, Chapel Hill. Sure. I'd go Michael Jordan. Yes. We can share that for sure. We can share that for sure. Um, Dude, but yes, uh, for those of you who don't know, My Seminary Life is a... Kentucky Wildcat. Oh, my word. Uh, for those of you who don't know My Seminary Life, it is a... Um, I don't even know what to call it, really. I guess it's an academic podcast, kind of, maybe. Uh, it was, for the past two years, me talking about the things I was studying as I was finishing my Master of Arts in Ministry Studies. But just last weekend, I finished. I graduated, officially walked last weekend, and it felt very good to be to be done. I'm not going to lie, guys. Teared up a little bit. It was like very happy to be there and get it done. Uh, moving forward, though, I'm going to be talking about uh, topics and subjects that I did cover in seminary first one up was apologetics because somehow i got through seminary without taking what a great series an apologetics thank you an apologetics class uh this summer gonna be talking about the theology of dietrich bonhoeffer so super psyched about that gonna have some of the guys here on that series as well um but yeah glad to be here glad to be a part of the network and to know these guys and i'm gonna pass the mic to will now pass the mic Hello, everyone. I am Will Rose, one of the hosts on Systematic Ecology. Glad that we can host uh, this workshop, this live stream, this convention, this reunion. Some of these people here you see 
at this table or here out in podcast land, I thought were just faces behind a screen. It could have been AI. TJ could have been like a, a constructed AI um, uh, figment of someone's imagination. But no, he's a real person, a real human being. So that's kind of fun. And since we're live streaming, you can now see our facial expressions on podcasts. When we record, we can hide our face and expressions of what people say. But that whole thing that uh, Joshua did at the beginning, you could see our facial expressions of how we reacted. So that's the <laughs> that's the joy of live streams is that you can now see our facial expression when someone says something we like or don't like or disagree with or think is funny. Um, but I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to explain this psychology. <laughs> I'm glad we're we're kind of like we talk about geeky things and the intersection of philosophy and theology with those things we geek out on and uh, it's a lot of fun and Josh was looking at me now you could see him you could see on the live stream he wants me to do something or say something um, Joshua what am I leaving out oh what no 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 I just uh, I needed to ask you because you talked about our facial expressions and stuff yeah um, and, and our audience audience I would love to know what you guys think um, to seeing TJ's like because you always hear him just say. Thanks. At the end of those rants, yeah. to seeing his facial expression also not change at all, add to the humor of him just saying thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm. I. To, you know. There's. There's. <laughs> There's been, <laughs> you go see some music bands that like you hear their songs and you're like, can't wait to see it live. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, that moment. Yay. They're playing the, their best hits. And when TJ said, thanks live in person, I saw it live. I was like, whoa, it happened. He really does. Feel I, he, really does. <laughs> he really is. That, he's really that chill. He's in uh, Chapel Thrill here uh, beside Chill Will. And so, but yeah, we are in Chapel Hill. We're in a university town home of, of the UNC Tar Heels and uh, you know our expectations are through the roof with every beginning of the sports season and then at the end we have those expectations dashed upon the rocks uh, and so um, you know I, we're hoping that this live stream in our conversation your expectations aren't through the roof you know hey the ceiling's the roof I think Michael Jordan said once Michael Jordan said the ceiling's the roof uh, and so but yeah we're glad you're here we got glad we can host here in Chapel Hill and here in our youth room at our church and so Glad you're here. I'm going to pass the mic now. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, I'm Christian Ashley. I'm the host of the Let Nothing Movie podcast, where we go, and by we, I mean me, through uh, the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. I'm in Luke right now. I just got Luke 12 done, so I've got halfway through that. Then I'll be going through Romans, and then after that, I'll be starting from the very beginning, Genesis and beyond. So I'm also one of the co-hosts of Systematic Ecology. have a real good fun time there, so I'm going to hand it off to Joshua. Yeah, I um, I'm going to introduce two other podcasts that we do. Um, one is by a friend who does his stuff anonymous and anonymously isn't here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I do help with some of the voice work and all all that stuff, but uh, does he wear one of those V for Vendetta masks while he records? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I think he wears it a is now. T-shirt. Yeah. Um. No. He. Anyway. So that show is the. <laughs> Bible after hours. I was going to call it the underground church. Um, cause it, it's like it has multiple names and multiple like, like authors and writers and voices. And it's like a whole thing. It's like its own show actually. It's a lot more showy than I think the rest of our stuff. Um, it starts with like a satirical line about like why the church is absolutely perfect and nothing's wrong. And then it goes into why that's not true. Um, he's the foul mouth preacher. So lots of language kind of stuff. And, a lot of, uh, I would say, like, kind of deconstruction-ish. 
Well, some probably the most progressive theology on our maybe show. a little bit more like rage against the machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he is like if theology was done by one of the grunge bands of the '90s, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I do I do another show, um, Dummy for Theology, not Theology for Dummies, but Dummy for Theology, um, because I just kind of wanted an excuse to talk about like really in-depth theological ideas, terms, Christian philosophy kind of stuff, and was like, hey, this isn't really a place for whole church, because we try to stay pretty neutral there. And I was like, I, I want a place to do some of my ideas and not be the arrogant voice, because a lot of theology podcasts are, I have the answers and let you explain let me explain to you why I am right. Um, I do the opposite of that. I say, here is the question. You know, uh, for example, we talk about like, can God exist in time or does God have to be without time? That was one of my favorite episodes I've done. And it was kind of a, rather than explaining what I think about that, it is a, here are all the questions and why I don't have a solid answer and kind of leave the audience with more questions to think about and worship God with your mind in that. So that's my podcast that I just started. And uh, TJ, would you like to explain the podcast that's uh, actually hosting this whole thing? Start everything off. Yeah. So I am one of the hosts of the Whole Church Podcast. Josh likes to say that I am the host. That's the not boss. the case. Uh, he started the show. I joined shortly afterwards, like six episodes in. But, you know, I've been there the whole time. We talk about how to unite the church in every way we possibly can. We'll also cover things like what certain scriptures mean. Uh, different viewpoints that different denominations have on a scripture, uh, what certain churches believe. Uh, we haven't done one of those in a while, but we kind of ran out of churches that people didn't know a lot about. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 And um, it's going to kind of transition to like a lot of today's topic is we're going to be talking about like, what does it mean to build the church? Um, whole church, even though we're mostly about unity, in order for, to talk about church unity, we kind of have to occasionally get into what is church and some like ecclesiology kind of stuff. Um, although we don't typically use big words like that, I feel like. No. Yeah. We say Ecclesiastes sometimes. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but before we do, before we do, I know Will wants to um, embarrass me, humiliate me, and um, shame me with a story that I'm going to build on for today's topic. Oh, you, you want me to share this story? Okay, so yeah. Well, you wanted to. Um, so. <laughs> one of the big things that um, you know, I was excited about this event was uh, meeting some friends that I knew online, in person, and then kind of show around the town of Chapel Hill, and then take some of my favorite restaurants, uh, my favorite barcade, maybe go to a movie, hang out, play games. You know, and, and then Joshua, you know, kind of confesses that, you know, the funds are, are are a little limited. So maybe we can do more stuff in-house and, and, and play some games and, and cook our own meals, that kind of stuff. Like, okay. And then he then he shares that, like, you know, in the midst of him, like, you know, um, being fund challenged, that he, uh, you know, stumbled across a $50 bill in the Harris Teeter parking lot. And I saw that as, as like a sign from God that he should probably use that for funds for the rest of this week. But he said, hey, it's not my money, so I'm going to use it and spend it on like other people. And the other people being us and like some of our favorite beverages. Uh, but but I just, it was one of those stories where I was like, oh, if that doesn't capture Joshua to a T, the integrity <laughs> and like, it's like, oh God, if you could please send me money. Oh, here's a $50 bill. Surely you didn't give it to me. I need to, I need to do something else. But, uh, he's <laughs> like, God, I'm, I'm answering. Could you please help with this, uh, convention we're doing and I need some extra funds. Oh, someone else's $50. 
man, I can't spend that. Maybe I could buy other things <laughs> for other people. So I think that's probably, it's that story of like someone stuck on a roof during a flood and they pray for God to save them and a helicopter comes and they're like, he's like, no, I can't go. God's going to save me. And then uh, a boat rolls up and he's like, no, I can't go. God's going to save me. And then he eventually shows up to God and they're like, I sent you a helicopter and a boat, dude. So, but uh, anyway, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a, Great story that captures Joshua's heart and integrity uh, for this event. And I'm thankful for all the work he does when it comes to whole church, when it comes to all these podcasts that we mentioned are curated and edited uh, by Joshua and all the work that he puts into it. Uh, we just go behind a mic and share our hot takes on things. But, but um, well, you guys, you know, you edit your own and do that stuff too. But Joshua is, is our fearless leader. So, so thank you. I, I don't want to... Um, um, make too light but I, I do say you know that and say because it's it's a part of his integrity but but also how god works in mysterious ways <laughs> and why we're all here and uh signs from god joshua how did you want to yeah. build on on that story well first i have to i have to defend myself a little bit yeah, of course you do and and, and add I, to the I, humor for those listening um and and because i think the only thing i really saw god in in it was i was like man maybe god's playing a practical joke on dj this week <laughs> But, but okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to that. So, okay. so my defense is mostly I was not praying for money or anything. Okay. I was just kind of like, this is my situation. I'll get through it. God will make sure I'm okay. I didn't really pray about it or anything. <laughs> just kind of was casual about Every it. Every moment is a prayer, Joshua. I, I guess. Pray without ceasing, right? Yeah. Um, no, but and I tried to return the $50. It's not like I just spent it on other people. I was like, True. this needs to be returned. And they refused to let me. And then I was like, if I spend it, anything I spend it on, I can't enjoy because I know myself. I'll just feel guilty. So like if I spent that to watch Guardians, I would spend the entire three hours just going, man, you shouldn't be watching this. This isn't your money. Somebody else should be watching this right now with their money, and you stole that from them. And that's literally all I'd be able it? to think about. Did you steal it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, so I, I, I see that church, I probably didn't, but that's tears, what I would be thinking about. Tears right now. That's <laughs> true, a tier three. True. Tier three. That's just one of those things I would tier think one. about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so why I think why I thought, hey, maybe God's played a practical joke on TJ is there's this ongoing thing when uh, TJ and I play any kind of game or do anything at all. Of a, it's not really a joke, I guess, where TJ likes to say that I'm the luckiest person ever. And I was like, huh, God's really starting this week off great. <laughs> Just going to start lucky and it's going to carry through the week. So far, we've uh, we've played two games. I think TJ won both of them. So um, my theory of it, uh, of it being good luck is maybe not true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Maybe TJ hey, gets the luck you know, now. Be God didn't like stories. how I used my luck, and now he's he's transitioned it and gave it over to TJ. Right. He's like, <laughs> use it to go see a movie. Why are you doing that? <laughs> I gave you $50 to go play at an arcade and go to a movie, but you're going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm taking that luck back, buddy. <laughs> but the reason I found it okay. is uh, I got to pick up Brandon from the airport, and I was trying to kill like three hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to park at the Sears Theater and just kind of walk around for a while. You find stuff sometimes when you walk around for three hours, it turns out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I... (laughs) Instead of walking into Harris Teeter. Well, I did that until it closed. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I... um, While I was kind of walking around, I just kind of used it as a moment to like reflect, pray on like what all has been going on with this convention, with podcasts, with my own personal life and that kind of stuff. For those who don't know, I am looking at getting involved in like law school and doing like legal stuff and all that. And 
actually, I recently got a book. Um, I wish I remembered the name of it. It's an audio book. What was that? It wasn't the, the Rule of Laws. Yeah, yeah, The Rule of Laws. I was listening to this audio book, and it's like the history of how laws started at all. Which, by the way, Josh listens to books and podcasts <laughs> at like three times speed. Yeah, so we yeah, get in the car, the car and it came on, <laughs> and it was as it sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks in there. It was like the laws, do the law thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's <sighs> like I can barely understand it, and he's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm, yes, well, quite." Part of that book is really opened my eyes yesterday to just seeing how many different parts of my story are kind of fitting together really well. And then kind of asking God, okay, now that I see these things fitting together, why are they fitting together? (laughs) So the the book goes through like the history of law, which naturally basically starts with religion. Religion and law were kind of the same thing for an extremely long time. (laughs) One of the first being like the Old Testament laws that I've always been pretty interested in. I did a lot of studying about those things in school with seminary and with uh, not seminary with a uh, Christian college and with not Christian college. Yeah, that's, that's a good distinction. When I was at the public <laughs> university, I did world religions. And then I transitioned to Christian leadership at uh, Charleston Southern and then North Greenville university. Um, so I had a lot of study with that. And now I'm studying law going, Oh, this is just the same thing. Like laws were created to help religion and religion was created a lot of the time to make sense of the law. And I'm seeing that and I'm like, okay, so my path actually might make sense and not seem like a crazy, weird transition of ministry. Nope. Law. (laughs) Because a lot of people, it just seems like a really wild transition. And I'm seeing that make sense in different parts of my life are coming together and I'm going, okay, but why? (laughs) I think like a couple hundred years ago, so still within like very recent history though, that was kind of a normal thing though for law students to study, like also to have a theology degree along with it and vice versa because you needed like the theology in order to understand why we have the laws. Yeah, A lot of schools like Duke Law even has the (laughs) sorry Will, Duke Law has the (laughs) the dual degree of uh, the MDiv and JD program, yeah. 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 But Seeing that, and I'm questioning God like this, and it was the point of a lot of the early dogmatic religion stuff and a lot of the laws is to build society, to like actually create the things. And I'm praying about it. I'm like, how does this actually make sense? And I'm like looking at, we're doing this podcast network. We're building something here, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, For a long time, I've been building to, Anazal Ministry was more than just a podcast thing for a long time. I wanted to actually create this huge community center. I've talked to some of you about that before. And I just kept praying, like in my prayer, it kind of stopped there. You know, like I was kind of having like this conversation with God. It's kind of like back and forth, like really thinking about like and realizing how things were coming together. And it was build the church. And I was like, okay, so yeah, we're, we're building things. I can see these things coming together. So what does it mean to go from there to build the church? And, you know, I'm like talking to God and the answer is uh, build the church. I was like, okay, but God, what's that mean? Build the church. Mm-hmm. Build the church. So the question today, guys, uh, Explain God. What does build the church mean? <laughs> yeah, Will well, said I was gonna. Will knew I was gonna there. do it to him. <laughs> I'm running on like three hours of sleep, and that's where we're gonna start. Okay, I, I know. I know how we could do this. TJ, yeah. explain God. <laughs> Which aspect? Do you mean just build the church? Yeah. So. Uh, First, you need your blueprint, and then you need to start with a concrete pad in the ground for your foundation. 
<laughs> yeah. Zoning laws. It's the cornerstone. You, you need your permits. You need to know your zoning laws. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> That's true. It's there. But I haven't built a lot of churches. I haven't ran a lot of churches. So I believe Will might be more qualified to answer this question. First, you got to get your permits, and then you got to lay a foundation, and then you got to find out your zoning laws, and then you. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving day one. Uh, right, right. No, but like, okay, if you're going to build a church, you know, you you do have to start your foundation. So, what do you? Why are you building the church? Um, what if if the church? What does the church uh, believe, and what is the foundation you lay down in terms of you want? What do you want that church to be and do? So, if the church is the body of Christ, um, and and we're called to. Um, share the gospel with the world um, in a in a world that hungers and longs for good news. What? How do we do that? What does that look like? And so, yeah, you gather some folks together, some human beings, and what is our foundation? What does we believe? What are our creeds? What are who do we want to be in the world? What do we want to look like? What do we want to represent? Where where we what what um, principles are we standing on? What's our core values? What's our mission statement? Like those things, you you shape first way before you start building a, a building, hopefully. But then you're like, okay, where do we want to be? Do we want to be just a house? Do we want to be out in the open? Do we want to meet in coffee shops or a brewery? Do we want to um be like uh, meet down at the beach and and like get in the sand and or, or do we want to have a space that's a safe space and a sanctuary we can call home and and have a sanctuary and and worship together and then be um you know pulled out into the world to um you know send out back out into the world to do like life. So, so all those things come into play, I think, in terms of how do we build the church? And since there are so many churches and there are so many different opinions on what those churches should be doing or not doing or believing or not believing, that's the, that's the gift, I think, of whole church and what you're trying to do with this convention, with this group, this podcast is to bring people together rather than causing division and, and those kinds of things. So, so all of our podcasts build towards building up the kingdom of God and being in the church together. Um, even those things we geek out on. Um, but, but those are big questions. Yeah. Who is God? That's going to, what you believe about God is going to determine what kind of church you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know I ramble there for a while. I'm, I'm going to pull a dummy for theology moment now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, throw a bunch of questions in here that I don't think we can actually answer well, and make Christian, it more complicated. Have does Christian have thoughts on the church thing? Or oh, you yeah, wait he might, it? but I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to do this first. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to steer the conversation to where I wanted it to be. So okay. I'm trying to like, Classic. yeah, do that thing. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm bored. So I, I think a lot of this is kind of doing this distinguishing between what is a church and what is the church? What is ecclesia? And what do we typically mean when we say church? And is it the same thing as just the people of God? Um, if you look through a lot of theological stuff, I don't have notes in front of me, so I can't tell you which early church fathers or anything like that. But like, if you go to like Augustine, Jerome, all the way through like the Middle Ages, um, I'm pretty sure Aquinas and Aquinas, 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 um, they all kind of contribute to this idea of asking like, when did the church start? And some will say it had to start before Adam because the angels have to be part of the church okay. because those are, you know, beings of God. Some will say it had to start with Adam because he was the person of God. And then after that, some people can leave the church and then some people are there. You have other people who will posit the idea of it 
Jesus was the first person of the church. And then some people argue that actually doesn't make sense because Jesus can't be in the church to save the church. So it can't start till after Jesus. So then it would have to be um, Martha or Mary, Mary Magdalene was the first person that heard the gospel. So she would be the first member of the church then. But then some people will say it's Peter because that was the rock and he was the first one to like have that belief. There's a lot of question of like, when did Pentecost. this church start? Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. When does the church start? What is the people of God? Is it just people who believe God? Is it people who follow his rules? You know, a lot of the Old Testament have, if you obey my commandments, then you're my people. Even Jesus says, if you love me, then you'll obey my commandments. So you have a lot of that stuff, but then you have a lot of this whole, well, he's fulfilled the law. He's fulfilled this. So, and you even have to, to shout out to Nathan Gilmore, even mm. our, our favorite universalist. You have this, uh, this whole thing of Paul says, uh, we all sinned in Adam and then we're all saved in Jesus. So does that mean literally we're all saved in Jesus? It's a big question. There's a lot of things in the Bible that suggest different things. There's a lot of things throughout. If we're going through church tradition that they haven't had a really clear answer for what the church is. And we're talking about building the church. What's the church? What are we even building? Okay, Christian. <laughs> so I get to follow up after all that. Thank you. Uh, but I, I'll follow along with a lot of what Pastor Will said. Of uh, you got to define where you're going to be at in that regard. Uh, what do you believe? Who is God? Like, what is salvation? And I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's people. It's mm. a group of people who have, at some point in their lives, come to faith and are working together for that common goal of making disciples and making his name known. Now, how does that all work out? Well, there's a reason there's 50 billion different denominations out there, unfortunately, when there should be one. But people are people. We're going to have different opinions on things. Like, I mean, even Pastor Will and I, know we're not going to agree on everything theologically wise, but at the end of the day, I know that man loves Jesus. And I can still have communion with him on Sunday if that's what happens on Sunday. Don't know. Yeah, you'll be here Sunday. I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely give you communion. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'll have the bitter wine and I'll try not to spit it out. We do serve grape juice too. Okay, good. Because juice. then wait, I won't be breaking the contract I signed and drink any, <laughs> uh, that's what we're let's about. just say alcoholic beverages for four years there you go. while I'm in seminary. So that's a lot better. Thank you for that option. You got it. <laughs> for apostates like me who broke off from the Lutherans. Hey, grape juice is just wine, not for a minute yet. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. Notice he said yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, my answer would be the people. I mean, I'm, you can always go with the whole like, yeah, it started with with God when he, whenever God has always been. We can get that out of argument later, or it started with Jesus. With sure, but it's the people. Yeah, good answer. So now my follow up is gonna put the pressure on Brandon because you just got to pick people each time I do do a follow up thing. That seems to be the usual case. Yeah. Um, but how do you how do you build the people? Like, okay, it's the people. How do you build people? People are already a thing. Um, that uh, obviously that goes a lot back to like the law stuff of like we have to have certain ideas, certain constructs, certain agreements, sure. contracts, all of those things. Like, um, can, can branded still be considered part of if we're building Anazao, not a church? Let's say we're building this podcast network. Well. Is Brandon still, or TJ, is he still a part if he gets on the network and his main message each week turns into, I still love Jesus, but I think Jesus hates Josh. Deep, <laughs> yes. You know, like we, we have to have this contract of, okay, well, okay, so now that he said that, we have to add this new law that that doesn't count. And then Will comes up next and he goes, I actually think that Jesus and Lucifer were step cousins. Or like, okay, well, that's just weird. Do we want to make a contract about that or just let him have this weird belief that doesn't really impact anything? It's just weird. 
Yeah, how you get a lot of laws is kind of an interesting story. It's like how you can't shove a moose out of a helicopter in Alaska. It's because usually someone had to do something first in order for it to be created. Um, But when it comes to this idea of how do you build the people, at least initially, I will start it here and everyone else can build off of it. Uh, When I think about building people, what my mind goes to is sanctification and spiritual formation. So broadly speaking, uh, Dallas Willard, who just... I think three days ago passed away and is with his Lord and Savior now. Dallas Willard uh, talked about how everybody goes through a process of spiritual formation. Yeah, we are we are physical and spiritual beings. I think we can all. I think we all would agree with that. We don't have like some Gnostic thing <laughs> going on here. I hope, but soul, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, one of those. Okay, that's fine. Um, but my my point there is like we we affirm that the body is important as well. Um, that everybody goes through a form of spiritual formation. So there is spiritual development of all people, whether you are a Christian or not. Everybody is being formed internally, just as everybody is being formed externally by healthy eating habits, sleep, blah, blah, blah. Um, But sanctification is like a very pointed thing of us, as C.S. Lewis talks about, us being molded into the image of Jesus through the injection of his life into us, through the wearing of the mask of Jesus as our, we're being shaped into his very likeness. Um, so for us as Christians to be built up, um, I would say you build up people through the process of sanctifying them, um, which sanctification is a big term that a lot of people, you know, people have different opinions <laughs> on what sanctification even is. Yep. But I think at a very baseline, most people would agree that uh, sanctification involves community and involves being around other Christians who are going to build you up, call you out on things, um, speak truth over you. I really think that when it comes right down to it, sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit using the truth of God to mold... Or, the truth of the Father to mold you into the image of His Son Jesus. It's a very Trinitarian view I have on sanctification. I like that. What's the name of this church? Um, Holy, Holy Trinity. Holy Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> Trinitarian. Yeah, there we go. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, that that all is actually that's a JT English from Knowing Faith. That's where I get a lot of that Trinitarian stuff, and. Um, Oh, there's a book I can't think of, and we're live, so I'm just going to move past it. I'll, when I think of it, I'll tell you about it later. Um, uh, is Delighting in the Trinity is the name of the book. I can't think of the author. Christopher Reeve or something like that? Michael Reeves. Michael Reeves. Thank you. One was Superman. The other was not. I th- Yeah. That's why I was hesitant. I was like, one is Superman, right? <laughs> Both been, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, but going back to that question of how do you build people up, I think it's that working with the truth of the Father in the person's life through community through scripture which is the very like literal truth of god to us and then prayer as well i think those are like the three like basic ways it can go in a bunch of different directions from there but being um praying as well of spending time with the lord in prayer speaking to him listening as well which is usually the part we really like to jump over and just have a podcast to talk about things i'm just kidding um so yeah I will start there and hand it off to everyone else to figure it out. Yeah. So, so sanctification, you know, um, I think it's good. Like what, what is the goal and the work 
of the disciple of Jesus working towards. And that sanctification, the word meaning holy, not we're becoming holy as God is shaping us. So there's that relational aspect to that. And if God is a relationship unto God's self, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then we're invited into that relationship of the love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we're, brought, we're drawn into that. So how does that shape us and form us? And then, you know, as someone who is a part of a, a denomination, a church that um, practices uh, the, and shares in the sacraments um, and sacramental theology, that these are touchstone elements where God promises to be present in, whether it's baptism, Holy Communion, um, that the, the physical and the spiritual are one and where we come to that too. I think that is a part of, I think, the, the church as well. Luther said, you know, where is the church? Where the word is preached and the sacra sacraments are practiced. And so those are the two things he only decided that, where is the church? Well, where is the word of God preached and where are the sacraments practiced? And so that could happen in a building. That could happen on the beach. It could happen with your family in a house. You know, um, the, the, those kinds of things. So when he was being forced to ask, what is the church there at the Reformation 1500s, they were really wrestling with what is the church? What is the church? What is the church not? What? It, how all those things? And so I think here we are um, 500 years later, more than 500 years later, and we're asking some, there's a big Reformation happening with deconstruction, reconstruction, how we see the world. Those were another um, kind of pinpoint in history, thinking through these big questions of what it means to be religious or people of faith or Christ followers or the church. And I think those are important questions, which I think our podcasts are, are wrestling with. And there's a lot of podcasts out there wrestling with that. A lot of churches and, and communities wrestling with those things. So these are the big questions that will be a part of our time with each other. I think that a very literal deconstruction, reconstruction story in the Bible might actually help here. That with the wise words of TJ, of course. I'm going to pick on him next. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, TJ, uh, could you please explain to us what happened to Lucifer and Michael in the very beginning, before the beginning? Nope. Was there a before the beginning? Um, <laughs> in the land of Ooh. <laughs> in the land of Ooh. <laughs> there were things, oh, there was darkness. <laughs> there was darkness, there were monsters. <laughs> So the actual thing I was going to bring up, um, hey, we do this pet peeves Patreon segment on Whole Church, and if we were doing one after this, my pet peeve would be that for some reason the church split the book Ezra Nehemiah. Like I think it's so weird. We just decided let's break this into two. Why? It's so just just why? Um, anyway, the reason that's relevant is because when I was in high school. And I've always been very Bible obsessed, but one of the things I read Nehemiah just on its own, just because like, you know, without reading the whole Bible, what if I just read this book, just picked one. Um, and I was like, this, what, huh? What's the point here? And then I read it again. I read it a lot. I read it several times. And then eventually I decided to also read Ezra. And I was like, oh, yeah, now this story makes some sense at least. <laughs> and I think the story actually is Israel was deconstructed by God. They were the people of God. They sinned. They fell into this cycle. They get punished by other nations that God allowed to go in. However you want to interpret religious history. I know there's a lot of different views on is that literal? Is it not? Whatever. The point was that Israel was in exile. Um, the Bible kind of implies or straight up says it is because that they fell away from God, the laws that were put into place. They would go back to that law thing. Um, and 
they're stranded, they're alone, and they're trying to rebuild their nation. I think right now the church is at a very similar place. We have all these denominations. We have all these splits. So many people who have actually read the Bible, deconstructed, thought about like what theology means are in this place where they just feel alone, you know, exiled. And we're trying to come together and, you know, a lot of podcasts, like what we're doing here, some of like what Trip does in like their community over there, a lot of different things. There's all these communities that are trying to figure out, so now what does it mean to be the people of God? Now that we've been exiled, now that we've been deconstructed, now what? And the book of Nehemiah is this literal, what does it mean to prepare yourself? How do you guard yourself while you're rebuilding? But the actual rebuilding happens in Ezra when it said, Ezra preaches the word of God. And for the first time ever, some of these Israelites heard stuff that they've never heard before that was in the Bible. And I don't know. I find that story really interesting and really relevant for our time. And I'm curious, TJ, with that in mind, um, assuming we all kind of agree we're in this moment of deconstruction and trying to figure out how we rebuild, what can we learn from Ezra Nehemiah's story on how we rebuild the people of God now? in a less literal way. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people these days don't actually read their Bible. I know that for a fact, actually. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, I read my Bible. Or at least I have. Um, but when that happens, you know, you don't, you don't get the Bible. You get what a pastor has told you is the Bible. And that could go well. Well, it could not. It really just, you're at the whim of you know, your environment. So it's really important to know the book you follow. I'm not saying you have to read the whole thing and know it cover to cover, uh, but you should at least familiarize yourself with the book uh, and build each other up and yourself up theologically, I think is a part where a lot of people struggle, uh, what the church as a whole struggles actually, is because as individuals, lots of people are lacking theologically. It's kind of like the Middle Ages, but at least back then, that was because most people couldn't read. Uh, so they just had to just hear what their preacher, priest was talking about. Uh, now we can read. Wow. Most of us. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I want to point out one thing that he said and emphasize it as we're passing the mic to Will to build each other up theologically. So many times the people who do care about theology are trying to attack one another and prove that they're right over the other, not help mm -hmm. one another. So I really like that wording there of build one another up and theologically. Yeah. Chris, you want to add? No, no I'm just saying that, you know, um, TJ mentioned the 1500s and I, I don't mean to keep plugging Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. Like our name is Holy Trinity, but we're in a Lutheran church where Martin Luther um, translated uh, the the New Testament to vernacular of the people. And I just came back from a trip from Germany and went to the Wartburg Castle where he did that, that translated from and saw the room where that happened. And, and part of that was like the guy was in exile and he's, he was canceled and he was um, for the fear of his life up in the upper room in a castle. Um, and he didn't have Netflix or like uh, killer bunnies or games to play. So he had to like, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do with my time? I might as well translate the Bible. <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, and, but put that in the hands of the people so that people could read for themselves um, what, 
what the the Bible was saying. So they weren't at the expense of those who were um, gatekeeping it or keeping it to themselves or trying to manipulate people. Uh, they they could read it for themselves, and I th- I think we've gotten complacent in those things. And so even in the Lutheran Church, like we're not known for ones who really study hard and read the Bible all the way through. They just kind of show up on Sunday and wait. What is Will's hot take on on the day or or another pastor? But I think it is important read the Scripture and then talk about it in community with each other. We don't read it by ourselves and say, "Oh, I'm going to invent uh, a particular church or denomination because." Um, I've read this one verse and that's what I think is all truth. You read it with people and community so you can hold each other accountable. And then going back, I think there's always been diversity within the church. So we talk about like there's different denominations, a lot of different churches. I even think before the 1500s, we had diversity within the Roman Catholicism when it comes to the different orders. You had the uh, Augustinians, you had the um, Franciscans, you had the Dominicans, and and they themselves um, were like, hey, I'm reading the gospel and this is where we should put the emphasis. Francis was like, we should serve the poor. <laughs> and then you have the Dominicans who were like, no, we need to be like, uh, really know our theology, you know? And and then, um, so they had different emphasis in groups too, but they're all, but it's both, you know, you, you're under one roof of the church. And so I think where we are today, um, we could do the same with different denominations where there's Baptists and, and Lutheran, Presbyterian, Catholic, we're under the roof, uh, one roof or a tent, uh, circus tent of, of Jesus and his grace. But then how do we work together and emphasize the gifts we have for, for the world? Yeah. I, um, I think the goal isn't, let's get rid of all the denominations and have one church. Right. Again, guys, seriously study the John Stott, Martin Lloyd Jones debate. I need to do a podcast on that sometime. I keep bringing it up. Um, but that's basically what that conversation was, was one of them was, Hey, let's start this thing over. Everybody's wrong. Let's just delete all the denominations, start over. And the other was, Oh, or let's work in them and make them better. Right. Um, I think if I'm just talking about, you know, I had a dream, you know, my vision kind of thing would be, Pentecostal churches that are really, really focusing on the gifts of the spirit and also really appreciating what the Catholic church adds to structure of the church, um, to have, you know, Lutheran churches that are really focused on actually what it means to reform and challenge our own doctrines and all of those things, the sacraments who also really appreciate, you know, their Methodist brothers who are really methodical in their practices and that kind of stuff, rather than what, what I see a lot now is even recently I've had, Pentecostal believer tell me, oh, but you're not really going to a real church. They don't speak in tongues. I'm like, well, they believe in it. Like, well, when was the last time you heard them speak in tongues? Like, well, that's actually not like not, that's not a qualifier of a good church. You know, like that's not anything really. What's the answer though? I, I have not yet. Yeah, I know. Like, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think you guys know what I mean. Like, I, I like where you're going with that will. And I like this idea of differences but i want differences where we're admiring one another helping one another supporting one another and not oh so you're not going to a real church anymore because they sprinkle water on a head and don't fool immersion baptists you yeah know? you're talking about building up like maybe our theological differences can help um build each other up rather than tear each other down i think that that's key you know it uh, Human nature has always been toxic before Twitter, you know, before message boards, you know, before, um, you know, The Last Jedi came out. So, so there's different uh, ways of, of doing that. Um, I'm just luring, I'm luring Joshua to say a comment in the microphone. No, but, but I think you're right. It's like, I think that shift in like, how do we 
um, build each other up in our differences or viewpoints or vantage points of who God is and, and who we believe the nature of God to be in the world and who we're called to be as humans. And I think, I think that's important. And again, that's what I admire, what you start with whole church and, and, and what continue to do with the expansion of the podcast network and bringing people uh, under one umbrella and ministry network. That's going to build each other up. And yeah, we have a contract and we have like a, a statement of belief that isn't to like exclude anybody or to like, you know, hold lord it over someone that they don't abide by the law. They're going to be kicked out. It's, it's mainly like, how do we live with each other together and, and boundaries and rules is how we do common life together. I'm glad there's rules on like when stoplights go on and off and when, you know, how much uh, should go into like our water safety so that I know when I cut it on, I can have a safe drink of water. Like those rules are in place not to like oppress, but um, to, to bring life. And so I think the same thing goes here. That, that's what the Hebrews always believed Torah to be a gift to bring life to people, to understand who they are as God's mm. people, not necessarily, Oh, if I break this rule, then God's not going to like me. It was bring, it was to bring life. And so when Jesus says, um, you know, I, um, Pope Benedict wrote a book on, on Jesus. He talked about Jesus being the Torah made flesh, uh, not, not yeah, the word of God, but Literally, the Torah made made flesh for us, a, a gift of life. Um, so anyway, I'm rambling. Yeah, go. yeah. So I'm learning a lot with this um, this book. I'm listening to at three times speed. Good night. <laughs> the rule of laws. Right Man, I really wish I knew who who wrote that. Like, I wish I knew the author at the top of my head. I'm not queuing Christian up or anything. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I I part of what I really appreciate is looking back at like what laws were at different points. And I think it can get us back to an idea of what laws can and should be. Um, yes. Yeah, so it is by Fernanda Peary. I can't really say anything to how accurate or good it is because I just started listening to it because I was bored to be honest, but I do like some of the insights and I think they're probably right. <laughs> Again, dummy for theology, not smart guy for theology. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the one of the earlier like sets of laws doesn't have consequences. It is, hey, don't lie. It is, hey, don't get a divorce unless it's one of these reasons. But there isn't. And if you do, here's what happens, like our current idea of, of law. And it was because that law was then passed on to people who kind of acted as judges and their goal was to mediate with this general principle of here's how things should look like, not a, you know, dogmatic thing. So I think, I think there's a way to do this idea of law of building up structures and stuff within the church of people of church of agreements that isn't legalistic, that isn't exclusion, like what you were talking about and, and is more, how do we mediate better? And here's what things should look like. You know, um, even like, if you look at like when the old Testament laws were written and what a lot of laws then were, it really wasn't saying, eye for an eye in the sense of, oh, you took my eye. Now I have to take your eye. It was more of a, here is the limit that this can go to. You can't go further because in that time, a lot of people were, oh, you took my eye. I'm murdering your entire family. You know, it was more of a limiting principle, not a, we have to go this far. And, and I like this idea of, yeah, maybe have limiting figures. So we're not overstepping any bounds. Maybe have these things that like when we mediate, here's the general principle but not get into that legalistic kind of mindset. And I think that's part of what 
holds the church back is sometimes we try to build it with this legalistic mindset and sometimes we try to build it with, no, it's all freedom. And I really think there's the sweet part, you know, there's like the sweet medium that maybe we need to, we need to kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So sum it up a little bit, helping people with sanctification, uh, having people actually read their Bibles, build each other up in theology rather than tear down and maybe, maybe have laws that aren't, do this or else, you know, have more principle kind of idea of laws of the church. Is this what we're, do we have anything else to add of how do so we more build like the church? a guideline? Um, that's like a, it's more like a guideline, really. <laughs> Where'd all the rum go? I'd say understanding the Bible is a little bit more important than reading it. You have to know what you're reading. Correct. Thank you. Okay. Oh, do you want me to add anything? Okay. Sure. Uh, let's see with the five different conversations we just had there. Where do I want to go? Talk about dragons at Dairy. I mean, as far as the law goes, understanding the point of it, why it exists in the first place, why a church should have rules within itself is always a good idea. It's like, why does this church say this? Why does this church say the exact opposite? Well, where are they coming from? Learn the history. It's not, you're not going to be quizzed on it all day long. I'd rather, I'd rather that didn't happen anyways, but I have to do it because I'm in class right now. (laughs) (laughs) But like, where does this church, why did they break off? What was the cause? Was it because the carpets were green and they wanted them to be blue? Or was it because they had a huge theological issue that needed to be addressed? And where do we go from there? How do I handle the fact that, you know, 200 years ago, uh, the Southern Baptist Church broke off for a very terrible reason, (laughs) that being to have slaves? And do I maintain that history now? Absolutely not. I would still be on the wrong side of history if that were the case, but I can look back and say, this is where we started. Okay, terrible reason. Where are we now? What do we believe? Let's own up to the past and say, that's what we did. Here's what we're doing now. Chris brings up a point about like your history and what happens when that history evolves. Like the same way Martin Luther, towards the end of his life, said horrible things about, about Jews. And, and, and um, Nazis used that as part of their propaganda. And so over there we had to wrestle with some of the horrible things Luther said. But then out of our tradition also arose Bonhoeffer, uh, out of Lutheran tradition, who resisted against that and, and stood against it. So I think, yeah, to think through your history, where you came from, where you're going, like any family, like any relationship – um, I evolves, it grows. There's not so, um, there's moments that are embarrassing moments. You're not so proud of, but, but we believe in a God of love and grace that, that redeems, um, those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what I was going to ask you. What, what did Christian say? Who's <laughs> Christian? Oh, that, that guy. What, what were you talking about? <laughs> yeah, just talking about why, why we history of church splits. Oh yeah. I, um, how was I going to throw this to you? So the assemblies so, of God and the Church of God split. Um, <laughs> okay, no. What? Did you actually have something to say about that? I I did. I forgot the reason though. We've covered it before on the show. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Check that out. Um, what I was going to bring up was I actually have an example of when I realized something that I lost out as because the church isn't doing really that great with economical stuff. 
because the Orthodox Church was always treated to me as either something that didn't exist that no one knew about, or it was, they're basically Catholic, so they're not Christians. When we went to an Orthodox Church together, Christian, mm -hmm. I saw how much emphasis is put on worship through art, through song, through community together. And yeah, it's not, it's not my style. It's not that's like theologically, there's a lot of stuff I disagree with, but if the church was more at a place where we're encouraging people to go see the other churches because they're part of us instead of there are competition, I know a church where he literally calls the other churches in his community because they're competition and he's trying to scope them out and see how to compete with them. Yeah. Um, and you know that guy too, but we'll talk about that later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, hope he's not listening. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> it's him. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I just kind of realized I've never worshiped God in that way. Um, I had another experience like that, that I never attached to church unity till exactly this moment when I went to Charleston Southern and having grown up Pentecostal, there's a lot of emphasis on the gifts of the spirit, you know, prayer, love, all this stuff. And we need to know about God so that we know why we're doing the things we are, but it was never taught as like a form of worship. And when I took systematic theology with Dr. Peter Beck, frequent cool guest guy. of the show, great guy. Yeah. One of the first things he said is like, I want you guys to know that this is a worship service. This is like, we are worshiping God with our minds right now. And that's part of what inspired me to do dummy for theology, but it's also just kind of this, Man, if I would have never been to another church or heard from somebody outside of Pentecostal beliefs, I would have never known. And, and for me, so much of my identity is kind of wrapped up in I'm not very athletic. I'm not very emotional, but I, I do like to think that I like to think, you know. So it's kind of like, oh, this was something that I feel closer to God and like I'm better equipped to engage God in this work method of worship than other ways that I would have Simply just never been cued in on otherwise. Okay, TJ, that cued you up, right? <laughs> yeah. I think you got... Uh, I think you forgot to ask me a question. I did. I didn't hear it. Could you ask the question to yourself for me? No. <laughs> this is a two-way street. <laughs> Unlike every road around this church, this is a two-way street. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> go around the walk. So everywhere we we've mentioned a lot of stuff on like what it means to build the church, mm -hmm. to rebuild. If we're in this area where I think a lot of us agree, we're kind of in this deconstruction area. Mm -hmm. I feel like it can be overwhelming. Like, what are we just going to start reaching out to the next person we see and be like, "Let me tell you about sanctification." Yep. Are we just going to throw in Bibles at people? And be like, "Hey, actually read it this time, dude." Maybe <laughs> like, not. <laughs> like, what? Like, how do we actually start doing this? He knows. Okay, he TJ knows is now Will. Will become no, TJ. <laughs> no, no, no. He doesn't have an answer. I just asked him. First cut reaction. Yeah, we have to do it all. But how? How do we start? Aggressively as possible. Please Not as possible. Get we don't need to start the heavier Bibles to throw. <laughs> Thank you. We could, though. Go ahead, Chris. Prayer. Mm. Always start with prayer for what we can change, and especially for what we can't. 
And I hate that part. I hate that I say that out loud because a control freak as I am, I want to be able to say this is exactly how things are going. The people I'm talking to right now, they're going to understand the words I say when, you know, I'm speaking on Luke 13 next week. Like when I, when I exegete that way, like the moment those words leave my lips, every member of the audience is go, I understand Luke 13 for the first time in my life. It's like, no, I, maybe that happens. Maybe that doesn't. Maybe it happens for five people out of however many people listen. At the, I can't control that. But at the, what I can control is how my relationship with God and how I pray with him, st- establishing that firm foundation before I go anywhere else. Yeah, prayer is good because, you know, what is prayer but like having a conversation with a friend or you're, someone you're in relationship with. So, um, yeah, you want to have a conversation with God. You want to grow in a relationship with God. So I think prayer is, is a good place to start. But, you know, in terms of going back to like making a plug for systematic ecology, like in terms of like, all right, you have this IP that has a lot of history behind it. Where do you start? How do you have jumping on points? Like in the comic book world, they they just do a, do a new number one, Iron Man number one, even though there's like eight hundred issues of, of Iron Man. Uh, like how someone who walks into a comic store fig- find where to jump into a new story. Well, here's a new number one, or here's a graphic novel, a good story. So I think the church has that kind of problem too, in terms of like, where's a good jumping on point? Part of it is just like jump right in and and get in that boat and and journey and you'll learn as you go. Um, but but we, as a point, um, you know, what? how can we create jumping on points for people so they do understand, not to dumb it down, but to invite them into the story that we're a part of, the story of salvation. And so, you know, with Star Wars, there's so much Star Wars IP. There's so many stories like, where do I jump in? I'll start with the old books, the new ones, the new uh, trilogy, the old trilogy, the original. You know, people ask me all the time, how do I watch Star Nine, 12 Star Wars movies? Where do I start? And I'm like, I give them my order of what I think. But the same way it could be intimidating for the church. You walk in and like, where do I start? Well, you start by like, you know, meeting a new friend. Um, you start with your relationship, you start with community and you'll learn as you go. Um, but yeah, I think that's important for, for churches and communities. How do we invite people in and what do we expect of them when they are part of this community and help them grow? Cause everybody starts at a different point, but what's your jumping on point? I really like start with a friend, start with prayer. Um, as introvert, and I, I know a lot of us on this table are introverts, Amen. Not will though. Um, <laughs> Off the chart. I'm not sure. Like TJ could be either. <laughs> yeah. T- TJ, like part of the the power of Tiberius Juan is he gets to choose his personality at any given moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, All right, but, night over there. <laughs> but I really like I really like friendship, and I'll be honest. I think in some areas it might be easier than other areas. But I still think, and for some people, it might be easier than other people. Will probably has an easier time making a new friend than I will. But, but fun story. I was I was left stranded in Chapel Hill yesterday. This is going to be my God moment. I'm getting it done ahead of time. I walked down Franklin Street here in Chapel Hill, found this random little, what's the name of that, that stop with the, the home craft sodas in the bookstore? Oh, epilogue. Epilogue, epilogue, mm-hmm. yeah. And while I was there, I was just talking to to the cashier person and they were ta- telling me about like the the print a short story. They have free short story dispenser. And we're talking about that. We're talking about like the home craft soda and how for some reason, what was it? Ginger raspberry scientists think is like what dark matter tastes like. So they have a dark matter soda. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's some. interesting. How the yeah. heck do scientists know what dark matter tastes like? <laughs> yeah, like, does somebody Science. just lick it? Um, <laughs> yeah. So like we're having this whole like conversation and I'm like, man, 
if I lived here, I think I would have just made a friend. And it's that easy, even for an introvert. Wild. And some places it is harder. To be honest, it's probably harder in Charlotte. People aren't that friendly in Charlotte. No one's going to stop and have a whole conversation with me unless TJ's around. Everybody just thinks TJ's really approachable for some reason. Everyone become approachable like TJ. <laughs> Problem solved. Um, no, no. So I really like the friend and I really like the prayer answer. I'm going to give a very Pentecostal little little note before we do the God moment and start doing like wrap up on this. All of these things are important. Building each other up with theology, having people actually learn the Bible, sanctification, make a friend, prayer. The one thing, there's very few things that people have said on whole church that I feel like I'm okay criticizing openly because the whole point is unity. I really hate when a guest comes on and when we ask them like the practical action for unity and stuff, they're like, oh, unity is actually impossible because we're all people and the church is made of people. Because I'm like, hey, that's true. But I kind of am with Augustine, Augustine, with um, the visible, invisible church, all of that stuff that he teaches. I'm going to get to that one day on Dummy for Theology. But I really liked his, uh, the, the invisible church includes angels, includes all these things that are in the spirit of God because the church are those who are filled with the spirit. And guess what? Literally nothing's impossible for the Holy Spirit. If you're going to say you believe in salvation, most of us, some people have different views. What you're saying is you believe that the spirit of the God who created literally everything is in you. But, you know, getting along with each other, that's impossible. Really? Come again? <laughs> that's insane. Yep. Good setup. <laughs> God moment. <laughs> Wait, do we do we want to see Austin? Do we have any uh, questions on, uh, online? Okay. So, oh, we do like to end our normal episodes with God moments. Yeah, and if anybody does have questions, they can submit them. Please do. Uh, but if you haven't been around here before, we just share what God's been up to in our lives recently. Whether it be a blessing. Challenge, moment of worship. Um, Josh did already go. You get, did go first. I'll go next. Um, I guess we're all doing one. Let's do it. Yeah. I got mine. Cool. So I have driven for about five hours today. Miserable time. <laughs> uh, but driving into Rock Hill, uh, I saw a little place called, I think it was the International House of Prayer. I hop. Almost. Man, <laughs> watch the good place. <laughs> but. I just, you know, it was really cool to look at. I was definitely not looking at the road for a minute, but <laughs> God is good, so I was okay. Jesus, take the wheel. And it, I need to see what's over here. And it was, uh, it was just really cool to see. I don't know if it was a church. I don't know if it was just a, a room where people go pray. I have no idea. But we could all be the International House of Prayer. We can all pray for each other. True. That doesn't need to be a building. Drop the mic. I dare you. It's mine. <laughs> I'll throw it. I'll spike this mic. <laughs> but Amen and hallelujah. Yeah. Christian, would you like to go next? Yes. Uh, so other than this whole scenario right here, which was my God moment from last time, uh, <laughs> when I cheated once again by saying a future event. <laughs> a future event. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll say when I came back home for a little bit, my mom watches kids during the day. And I have missed them dearly ever since I went off to seminary. I used to wake up around, you know, 10 in the morning because, you know, insomnia and the like. And I'd get down, I'd go down the stairs and they'd hear my, my feet coming down and I'd hear, Chishin, Chishin. 
and because I can't say my name. And they just swarm me and like you know ask me, bombard me with questions. And I have missed out so much just waking up as a lonely idiot in a dorm room, <laughs> seven hours away from all that madness. And then I come back home, and it's like I never left. Magician, I got to show you this. And all they do is they jump up in the air once and they act like it's the greatest thing in the world. You just got to cheer them on. That's my God moment, seeing those little kids continue to love. <laughs> yeah, good jump. Yeah, I'll, I'll share my gut moment is that a, a dear friend of mine uh, was gifted $50 in a parking lot in a grocery store. <laughs> and it's just amazing how God showed up at that moment to, to gift him with the money. And then he used it for other people, which is so admirable. I would have gone and bought some graphic novels and comic books with it. But um, I, he he's a better person than me and bought stuff for other people. So I think I think that's awesome. No, I, that, that too, I, I am amazed at how God works in people's lives. But also, you know, us being together, we, we do a lot online together and see each other through screens and do podcasts that go out to literally people all over the world and then hear us be in the same room to chat and hang out and and eat together and play ping pong and do those things is is it's pretty special so um who would have thought years ago when joshua said shot me an email and said <laughs> i heard you on this other podcast and can you come on our podcast and talk about these things it's like sure what god did with with that uh, leading on is pretty pretty awesome so yay god yay god yay god who god who god um I guess I will wrap this part up. So I have talked about before my mental health struggles and it has been a little over 10 years since the last time I've been on a plane. And so, and I've never flown by myself before. Um, so I, I wasn't so much worried about the actual flying part. My wife and I were like the flip-flop of each other. It wasn't the flying part for me. It was the navigating the airport. I'm flying out of Midway, which is the smaller of the two airports in Chicago, but smaller by not that much. Uh, the smaller of the two airports. But So navigating the airport by myself, getting through TSA, being on time for everything. Um, I was like... It wasn't the whole day long, but for most of the... I'm just going to keep going. For most of the day, I uh, was just having like these waves of just being fine and then just like outright just panic. And the nice thing was, you know, my wife and my son, producer Cooper, dropped me <laughs> off on the side of the curb there at Midway, got my bag, said goodbye to everyone, and it all went really fine. And I felt just at peace the whole time. So it, now I have to fly back and it looks like the Raleigh airport is a little smaller, so it might go even smoother. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah. And that early in the morning too. Um, I'm just not going to sleep this week is what I've, what I've decided. Yeah. I got a break from my son. So that way I cannot sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely my God moment was just having this experience. Probably one of the few people there that evening, uh, yesterday evening, just feeling very at peace with the whole airport situation. So. Which is hilarious because he had the most ADHD person he knows probably pick him up. And Probably, uh, my yeah. story was, man, I'm here too early. Whatever will I do? I could keep driving in circles like I'm supposed to and just wait. Or economy parking's $3. I can park and just start adventuring. And parked and went, that's a shuttle. 
this is a cool looking bus. I'm just going to get on this bus and see where it goes. And then, you know, I ended up at one thing and I just walked around. And after an hour, I ended up where I was supposed to be about 10 minutes before Brandon got off the plane. And, you know, from his perspective, everything was fine. From my perspective, I, uh, I was like, hey, I feel like being ADHD now. The cool thing about taking my medicine I can just choose when to be ADHD. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to let just completely let go and go wild here. And, uh, I did. I, I was happy to see you, but it was a bit of like a, whoa, okay, hello. Because <laughs> it was it was one in the morning. I'm like, I've been, I mean, airplanes are noisy, but everyone's just like sitting on their phone the whole time, just real quiet. Um, and then you're like, hi, also, also, good to see you too. Good to see you too, Josh. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's giving me the rundown of like getting back to the, getting back to the car and that part did actually go really well. I think we were yeah. both surprised how smoothly yeah. getting back to the car. That went. also could have been my God moment was we got apparently, back to the car fine. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Brandon's anxiety wasn't about flying. It was about the process. And then it's I the handled process. it as poorly as possible. <laughs> and it turned out great. Like I said, though, Claire and I were flip-flop. Next February, we're going to be flying out to Disney World. We're going to be going to Disney World. This is our... I'll meet you there. Uh, this is our celebration of five year anniversary. That's actually happening in September, but you know, booking and whatnot. Yeah. And we're the exact opposite. Going through the airport, she don't care. The hour and twenty minute flight to Orlando, that's the part she's most. So Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <sighs> Man. It Did is we do it? So it is so good yeah. to be here in person with all of you. Um we do. We do want to let everybody know some of what is coming up this convention. I'm excited for a lot of like we're going to be playing some card games. We might go watch Guardians of the Galaxy three, maybe. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play a lot of different games. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We have one thing I think is going to be a lot of fun near the end of the convention. We're gonna do this this game I made up. <laughs> Always dangerous. Uh, called Big Small Questions. We're, we're all going to have three questions written down, one about the Bible, two not. Uh, we're going to put them in a hat or something, mix them up, and we're just going to pull them out for like 40 minutes and answer big, small questions and just see what comes. Our, our live audience of one so far, maybe more will be there then. We'll also contribute and we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. You might hear us answer questions like, why did they split Ezra and Nehemiah? Like, why? We might get the question of like... Should actually, I'm, I am going to contribute this one. If we pick my question, it's going to be: Should we actually be tipping the self checkout computer? Why is it asking me for a tip? I'm not sure ethically what I should do here. The computer doesn't get paid, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was a little that, confused for a second, but okay, yeah, I'm with you now. yeah. With that, um, Christian, what other live podcast do we have coming up? Oh, absolutely. We've got, of course, Diverse Theology, which would like to explain that, Joshua. That one's me. Okay. That one's Brandon, me. Go for uh, it. That one's me. That's going to be, that's right up in the morning, right? Yeah, 9 a.m. Yep. 9 a.m. That's going to be uh, My Seminary Life live episode, Diverse Theology. Uh, and still kind of working out some of the details of what that's going to look like exactly. I'm thinking about coming up with, you know, when you go on a website and you got a question and you go to the F. AQs, the frequently asked questions, right? I'm thinking about writing up some FATs, F-A-Ts, frequently assumed things about our diverse group here, Lutheran, Pentecostal, Josh, and a Southern Baptist, <laughs> and just things that I have heard assumed about each group. So you can probably guess what yours is going to be. Um, 
All right. We're just going to knock that one right off the bat. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. You, in, in, in the surfer language. There's, is there a Bible? There should be a surfer Bible. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what we're going to be doing tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. The Hawaiian Pigeon. Right now? They need to know about it. The Hawaiian Pigeon. The Hawaiian Pigeon Bible is uh, a little racist. It's a lot racist. <laughs> it's a lot racist. Okay. Uh, but it was, it was written by an old white couple who lived in Hawaii. Oh, and, I didn't know that part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and Dang. Na- Native Hawaiians did not write that. Dang. Yeah. What yeah. else we got coming up? Any, anything else we want to plug? Yeah, sure thing. We have, of course, Pastor Will, Joshua, and TJ will be doing the How is Stained Glass? We'll like a comic. Oh, we'll all join in. Excellent. We're all just going to do all of them. You know what? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, would you like to explain a little bit of that? How what we're intending for that, Joshua? I'm intending to let Will lead it and obey. <laughs> I can sit in. Will, Will, would you actually like to explain to the good people what's going on? Like a good hope. Well, there's stained glass, and there's images, and then there's comic books that have pictures, words with pictures, and then there's a Bible that doesn't have any pictures, unless you have like a, uh, a graphic novel, action Bible. But how, how is stained glass um, the original um, graphic novel? Okay. Next up, we'll have what do we geek out on that the rest of the hosts might not. I'm sure TJ and I will be talking about a lot of anime no one else watches, a couple of other things like that. You have something you want to say? I don't know who's leading this one, but because okay. I forgot, but but part of this is like a long term idea that Will and I and have had of like, there's just these things that some of us geek out on that literally no one else cares. Like I love trains. I love archaeology. I love law and no one else on the team is ever going to do an episode with me about it. So I I'm just going to take this as an excuse to talk about these things. We may do archaeology. Uh, we'll do archaeology then. Heck yeah. But, but TJ needs an excuse to talk about the Carolina hurricanes and ping pong. And Will has to talk about surfing knowing that I don't surf. And he probably is going to talk about the Tar Heels and I'll sit through that. It's fine. <laughs> And as per usual, Joshua gave me a prompt without actually telling me what I was supposed to do. So I'll figure that out by tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Randy, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Um, no, I think okay. I'm good. Fair I'm enough. Good. Then, of course, we will have a live stream of all of us eating lunch as from... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you can see all the juicy details there that that will not be a thing. Do not show up at noon for that. You will see nothing. Oh, yeah, that's when we need a break from each other and, <laughs> and just find a nice quiet deli somewhere to eat in silence. <laughs> then after that, around two-ish tomorrow, uh, we'll have the politics and faith. We'll see how the two kind of intersect with one another. Like, should they intersect with one another? Do they intersect too much sometimes? I wish they yes. And we'll see how we all feel about that later on. Then we'll have how does sci-fi compare to the A&E thought of the heavens? Now, Joshua, you would like to explain how that works. Yes. Uh, A&E is ancient Near Eastern thoughts. So like Mesopotamian, Babylonian, Israel thoughts, what they meant by heavens was usually sky, space, and Will's going to lead a fascinating conversation about that in sci-fi. Okay. And of course, some time to read, Joshua, right? <laughs> in, in, in your everyday life, you come across the term a and e all the time so you thought no one would ever need an explanation of what that means i thought that's actually accurate okay yeah i, I figured I read that at least. I, i'm like what is this some um, uh nazarene 
sect of Christianity I didn't Nazarene. know about. Nazarene, oh, okay. It's like, I, I, I don't know. But okay, sure, we'll do that. We'll also be doing, at that time, a little after, What If We Really Did Meet Aliens Part 2. We did one on Systematic Ecology. That was Will. And who else was on that, Will? TJ. Oh, yeah, TJ, TJ was on that one. Of course. TJ How was on I forget that? And David. Oh, yeah. Pizza roll. Good old David. Yep. And after that, of course, we'll just be joining each other here and having fellowship by you know, killing each other and killer bunnies and a couple of the card games. The next day, uh, around nine-ish, we will have the episode where we do where and how do we experience God in our lives across the world. Uh, how is that different for me versus the rest of you? I think that'll be a lot of fun. Go ahead. And I'm going to... I'm gonna. The big, the big crux of that conversation is going to kind of focus on this. Do we experience God more in our prayer closets? Jesus tells us to do that. Or do we experience him more with the church? Like uh, Ephesians 4 talks about how we worship God and experience him together. Okay. Then we'll also have a little discussion on how to create more unity and how we're going to be doing future events a little better for this conference and the like, and the plans that we have for the future for the podcasting network as a whole. And after that, we'll have Joshua's idea of the big little questions that we'll all submit that once again, we learned a little while ago instead of in the future. Excuse me in the past. It's okay. We also love them. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? We're flexible for the most part. And, uh, and uh, with that, uh, this first session has come to a conclusion. I think that's uh, the main thing for today. We're going to be playing some card games, hanging out here, doing fellowship, and and uh, just kind of talking to each other about not podcast stuff for once, mm. which is nice. Let's leave, yeah. let's leave the shop at home yeah. for a bit. Yeah, just for a bit. You know? Just for a bit. Just for a bit. And uh, for my <laughs> sign-off, for my sign-off, I did want to want to say something to everybody. Build the church. Hoorah. <laughs> but now don't you have to go walk up and turn it off? So this is like... This. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you'd like to check out other shows like this, be sure to subscribe to the network.